You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast. After a tough 3-2 loss to the Nashville Predators on home ice to end a three-game win streak and, well, send them on their way to another busy weekend. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller, and as we do each and every postcast, Pilsy, your overall impression throughout this game. Once again, UC Soros steals the show. I mean, this was another winnable game for the Ottawa Senators. They had, what, three all-alone breakaways that Soros stops all of them? Like, there's not much you can do when you're up against a goalie that's that hot and a team that has the best defenseman in the league and then some top-quality scoring as well. And, hey, a couple good tilts to start the game off, too. You love to see that. So this was an all-around good game for a young team that had... Two guys that were called up today, Cole Reinhardt, his first ever NHL game without even getting a practice in. So that's tough for the kid. And uh, I thought they gave a really good effort. Nothing to be too uh, disheartened by here. Well, since you brought up Cole Reinhardt, of course, unfortunate, but he was in the box for the game winning goal. What did you think of that play and what it ended up resulting in as well? I would do exactly what his teammates did, right? Right away, Brady says to him as he comes to the bench, don't worry about it. Like, it's all good. Then after you see a shot of Austin Watson on the bench, tap him on the shoulder, just letting him know, hey, like, this isn't on you. We're going to we're gonna try to get this one back. Doesn't end up happening. But that's, that's something that it's untimely that they score the game-winning goal there. But I didn't think it was, like, a terrible penalty or anything. He just gets kind of burned by a very skilled player in Philip Forsberg and ends up kind of taking him down in a, in a bad way. So tough one for Cole Reinhardt. You learn your lessons the hard way there, but uh, he's a good kid and I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah. It was almost similar to Connor Brown's penalty on Mark Borowiecki in the first period where he was just going in different part of the ice, but where he's trying to go in and get a stick lift, but instead gets the hands and, they're going to call that the ref was in perfect position to call that. So yeah. it, you sit for two minutes. You hope the guys can kill it, but unfortunately goes in the back of the net. You can tell from his reaction, the penalty box, like that one's going to weigh on him, I think for the rest of the night. Yeah. Just him sitting on the bench too. Like that's not the big shiny moment you want for your NHL debut. So that's, it's, it's a tough one, but like it happens. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a difference because it's a one-goal game, but this game was won and lost. Like you said, if Formanton buries on his breakaway or if the Senators can finish off one of their Watson, many chances. Brady. yeah. Oh, my God. They, they've just they've found a way, at least, to get these opportunities. I thought Brady had a great move where he tried to draw Saros uh, to his blocker side before going back to the glove hand. Yeah. Instead, it's just a great save. Like There's not much you can do about it. And you brought up the fights. Um, Brady obviously gets in one and we we've speculated that Brady Kachuk's been dealing with a hand injury all year and he doesn't even take that glove off and you could tell like Lozon had the eject buttons off right right when Brady turned around and gave him the cross check back it was probably an accumulation from last game because Lozon was mixing it up with yep. a few guys last game so you see if look at that and then you could see Brady was like no I, I can't I can't take this glove. You could even see briefly the camera pan of the penalty box. And he was like holding his hand up to Lozon. They're going back and forth. He's like, yeah, I, I, I can't throw with this one. So that's, yeah. that's kind of unfortunate. And it was also kind of tough. Like Brady doesn't want it. No offense to Lozon, but the exchange of Brady being in the box for five minutes and Lozon being in the box for five minutes at the start of the game like that. 
as the captain, that's not something you want to do if you're Brady Kachuk, especially when Batherson's out. So, like, you got to be on the ice for your team. And Lausanne, he grabs him, and Brady doesn't want to go yet. But at this point, it's like no point of return. He's like, I'm so pissed off you right now. I don't care that I have one hand. You already have a grapple on my jersey. Like, I'm just thrown down anyway. So, I think if you get him in a situation where he's comfortable using both hands and isn't already starting grabbed on by Lausanne, you see a much better effort from Brady. But it was still a good tilt nonetheless. You know who did have both hands free was Mark Kaslick. What did you see in that scrap with Luke Coonan? He was throwing hammer fists, eh? Just swinging him, swinging him down straight like that. And He's uh, got a bit of Thor in him with the flow. No, he does. And he was... That wasn't a showmanship uh, entertainment fight. That was a... I, if the refs allow me, I will assault you. <laughs> and like, I'm taking you down. I'm inflicting pain here. He was absolutely pissed. And Cassidy's a big boy, so he can hold his own in fights, even though he's only got a handful of NHL games under his belt. He's not worried at all. Locked on Senators guests, as was everyone in the press box tonight, or their suite, I guess, not necessarily the press yeah. box. And one notable surprise. We knew Sanderson was going to be there. We know Shane Pinto was going to be there. Shabbat and Stutzla. Batherson, stay away from the team for now, pal. You're sick. You know, we don't want that spread and whatever and it is. Gambrell, too. But Ridley Gregg was there. Yep. What were your initial reactions when you saw that? Like, Brandon's season's still going. Yeah, I did a double take. I was like, wait, was that Ridley? And then I was like, we've had him on the show twice. I recognize him when I see him. Like, that is him. And I've seen him score a highlight real goal. And... Yeah, it's very interesting that he's there, but also kind of concerning. Like, if he's so hurt that they don't expect him to play yeah, anytime it's a two soon, hour he's flight. In it's a two-hour flight to Brandon. He'll be fine. I guess it just seems it just seems odd. That, that's all. I, hey, I'm all for it. It just I was very shocked to see him there. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, because we mentioned last week, the Brand Weekings put out a mic'd up video with someone else, and he was skating in a non-contact jersey. So you think if he's skating, it can't be, and with his teammates, not by himself, that it can't be too serious of an injury. Anyways, this seems like more of a conversation for Locked On Senators, which we'll have tomorrow morning. This is a topic that we'll get into a little bit more, but this game itself was a 3-2 loss for the Ottawa Senators, a game where they gave up the first goal, tied it in the second period, took a lead in the third, and then gave up two unanswered for the regulation loss. The power play goes 0 for 4, including a 5-on-3 power play to start the second period that they didn't convert on at all. To you, was that a big momentum part of the game? Absolutely, yeah. I feel like especially when you get the 5-on-3 going into the next period, an extended 5-on-3, you get a clean sheet of ice, you've got a two-man advantage. Like you got to capitalize there. But DJ Smith said it after the game. You, you don't have Batherson, you don't have Shabbat. It's not your usual group out there, so there's not a whole lot you can do. And I, Josh Norris had his one-timers, but UC Soros, he stopped two in the same shift at one point, and Norris just wasn't, he was able to get them off, but he wasn't able to beat Soros, which is weird. Like, the Sens power play must, Branny must be like, I already counted those three assists for myself. Like, Norris is automatic. What's going on here? Like, what's happening? Yeah, he's he's an unbelievable goalie, and we're going to see an even better goalie on Saturday with Igor Shosturkin and then Connor Hellebuck on Sunday. It's a murderer's row of tendies, but I, to me, UC Saros is right in the mix there as one of the best goalies in the NHL. Uh, one of the littler 
goalies in the NHL as well. You don't have to see that, but he plays pretty big in his net. Like he doesn't get phased. Uh, he, he's getting bumped into a couple times. Brady did that classic move out of the corner where he kind of flew across the crease and nothing gets in this guy's way. I think he is just an absolute stud in goal. So he, uh, he made a ton of great saves tonight. He made uh, 26, uh, 27, sorry, saves uh, on the night. The goal scorers for Ottawa were Mattia Joseph. Great pass from Eric Brandstrom. Did you think that might have been offside? When it initially happened, uh, I'm with, uh, I think Noodles said it, like, how in the world was that not offside? Like that shout, must shout out Matthew Shane on on the other side of the ice. The reason for the whole offside reviews. Oh God, yeah, no kidding, eh? Um, but to hit him in stride like that, I guess this is where the offside rule is so weird. I guess they showed it after, and since Joseph had his one skate up, he wasn't offside. That's kind of the understanding I had from it, but just an amazing pass by Branny. Like when we talked about Branny. A year, year and a half ago, Ross, Brandy moves pucks. He was able to do things so efficiently in Belleville, getting that puck up the ice, hitting guys tape to tape in stride with a nice pass. And we haven't been seeing that this year. I mean, that was only his 10th assist all year. And that little glimpse right there is a little uh, taste of what he can do at certain times. And Joseph is the kind of player where, He's not Connor Brown. He's not Austin Watson. Give him a clear uh, opportunity like that, and he's going to bury it. And that's exactly what he did. How about 10 points in his last four games for Joseph? Unbelievable. He's one goal away from tying his season best that he set as a 21-year-old rookie with Tampa. He had 13 goals that year, had 12 last year, and now he's got 12 again this year. And four of them coming with Ottawa. Hell, he's got 10 points in his last four games. So he's extended his point streak to four. Josh Norris with the goal in the third period is 31st of the season. I should mention Parker Kelly got the other assist on the Joseph goal. But on Norris's goal, they gave an assist to Brady Kachuk. And they may as well have given one to Dante Fabro as well. I What do you mean? I miss I miss the Fabro part on that play. Well, he was trying to pass it through and it went right off of Fabro right back to Norris's stick. Yeah, okay, yes, yeah. Norris gets the broken up play and then just wires it past uh, Saros there. So, yeah, give give Favreau an assist. Give, give him a little cookie, although he did get a cookie on... Uh, oh, I guess they gave the goal to Janot, but that was all Roman Yossi. Another three-point night for Roman Yossi. Like Franchise guy, record in points. Like, what an absolute <laughs> legend. Uh, like, he passed Paul Correa for points in a season by a national predator. That's amazing. Yeah. That's what more can you say about that? And uh, Brady Kachuk inching closer. As we said, a nice goal for him would be 60 points on the season. That was his 53rd, if I'm not mistaken. 53rd or 54th for Brady Kachuk? I think 53. 53, correct. 53. Uh, All of a sudden, he's on a three-game point streak as well. He's got six points in his last three games. So starting to heat up there as well. 22 block shots for, for Nashville tonight. Only eight for Ottawa. So Ottawa won the shot attempt battle. It was just a matter of, you know, getting pucks past UC Saros. Easier said than done. Yeah, that's just the thing, right? Like, uh, And that's why I said it. Just like last game, I thought Ottawa played a really good game. You got to be proud of how they play up against a physical uh, playoff contending team. They don't back down. That's that's for damn sure. And I, I was happy with their effort here. They just run into a hot goalie. Yeah, they certainly do. Uh, Mark Borowiecki, great tribute for him at the first TV timeout. I'm glad they got 
uh, what you mentioned this morning, the Vancouver, uh, he, the PD f- force that uh, yeah. he was a part of when he stopped that robbery from taking place. He only played 1442, lowest among all six defensemen on Nashville. But still highest had, in a certain category. Still had eight hits. There you go. Eight Game high. hits. Unbelievable. What a player. What did you think of that tribute? Loved it. I, I wish they would have shown a couple of his tilts. I didn't see any of his fights like back in the day or even some big hits. They didn't really show his knack for physicality, but they they really focused on his off-ice stuff and his work with the community, which I, I would say was his biggest attribute as an Ottawa Senator because there's there's been kind of a gap in that. And I mean, Nick Paul was the guy that stepped up in the community this year and now he's shipped off. So you really see a void there. Now, I'm not saying the other like Sens players are, are bad guys or don't care about the community, but you really lost uh, those big voices that were going out of their way to make an impact. And Kyle Turris as well. Yes, exactly. So because Kyle Turris, who was the one who started the relationship really with the Capital City Condors, the special needs uh, hockey association, Boro was a big part of it too. Well, Boro yeah. took the reins from exactly. from Kyle Turris when. When Turi left town, again, if you haven't seen the, the montage, go check it out at Send Central. I'm going to put a few more of those together, probably once a week, I think, uh, so we don't overdo it and run out of content. I'll probably put out polls and see who we want to do going forward, but that's a story for another day. In terms of shot share, this was a great night for Brady Kachuk. 24 shot attempts for only six against when he was on the, the ice at five on five. The whole top line, like Matthew Joseph. Say, yeah. Matthew Joseph continues to amaze me. As a hockey player, and another great night uh, shot-wise for um, for Michael Delzato and Travis Hamonic. Although, and before we get to our Sun Central standouts, <laughs> Uncle Del Deli gonna, don't play D. <laughs> Deli he, he, don't play D. He's got to play that two-on-one a little bit smarter. Like pick one. Do you want the shooter? You want the pass? Just just pick one. Yeah, he spun himself around a couple times. The funny thing is, he was close both times. Like he almost like. It almost paid off, but when you miss both times instead of getting one right, it's a tough look, especially when that goes in the back of the net. Especially when Granlund, not for one goddamn second, was thinking shot. Like, no one thought he was going to shoot that with Duchesne on that two-on-one with him. So that's where you got to you gotta just let your hot goaltender, Forsberg, take the shot and you take out one of the better shooters on that Nashville team in Duchesne. I've got the easiest question for you of all time what would you rather have on the ice on the power play delzato tierney godette joseph formanton is that five that's five formanton godette joseph tierney and delzato or the five guys in the press box tonight Oh, man, that's a good one. Uh, I'd take the press box boys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, why is Tierney out there? The guy's been a healthy scratch. And, like, he had a two-on-one with, um, I don't know who who the player was. Maybe it was Joseph. I forget. It was Joseph, yeah. And before the two-on-one is even developed or they've spread out or got set, he does a backhand pass nowhere with his head down, like, I couldn't even fathom that that was a decision he made there. Like, she shit. Like, Chris Tierney, we we enjoyed him when he first got here, and he was a necessary veteran center that this team needed to get through that patch. But happy trails. Like, it's it's wild to see the regression. First year in Ottawa, yeah. forty eight points. Second year, thirty seven. Third year, nineteen. Fifty five games, and now in fifty eight games, he has seventeen. 
I don't know if they had to extend him. But at the same time, he's still only 27 years old. Doesn't it feel like he's like 34? It really does. Yeah, it really does. Like it feels like like his body has caught up with him and he's declining that way. But it's just lack of pace and poor decisions. Yeah. He's he's two years older than Matthew Joseph. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yikes. It's unfortunate because it has been injuries, right? He had a back thing. Uh, he's had some leg injuries and like the pace. Like when I put up that Boro video today with just his goals, like a couple of them were nice setups from Chris Tierney. Yeah, he was good when he first got here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, hopefully he can still uh, rejuvenate his career, but it's not going to be in Ottawa. Frankly, I wouldn't have even been surprised if he was a healthy scratch tonight. Lowest ice times, though, were the two guys who were called up today. No surprises. They played last night in the AHL, traveled today. Uh, Kastelik only played 728. Reinhardt was 825. Um, Kastelik, though, probably would have been a minute or two ahead of Reinhardt, but he sat for five minutes, right? Reinhardt sat for, what, 20 seconds? Um, so before they scored on him, uh, before, or no, we should just get right. Fine. I'll give a shout out. Sends abroad, Matt Duchesne, goal and an assist. And he, he's electric every time he touches the puck. Like it was weird. I know that some Sens fans had some fun with it when he had a down year last year. You know, he's exposed in the expansion draft. Like Seattle could have just gotten yeah. a 30, 37. That's a 40 goal scorer. Right. So there. was Johansson. Like both of them were there. Like I would pick Duchesne over Johansson any day, but like, it's crazy that Seattle didn't take a flyer on either of those guys. Yeah, it really is. He's such an electric player. Yeah. I loved him as an Ottawa center. It's so unfortunate that that didn't end up working out. Yeah. And I was thinking today, obviously with tourists being front and center since, uh, since we put out that video, I, I just wanted to, Go, I was just kind of driving around today, and in my head I was thinking, man, the Senators needed to add a center? Like, how much better would it have been if Broussard was pushed down to the, the three or four, or three at hole, at the time Pajot at the fourth line center, and then you add it. But instead, they they upgraded by trading tourists for Duchesne, but the, if they could have found a way to have both, like... It just didn't, it felt like kind of more of a lateral move than it needed to be. But, you know. Well, we saw both of them on the same team in Nashville, didn't we? And it yeah, didn't work out. Sure. Fact, fact, fact. Anyways. All right. Who's your central standout tonight? Nice. I'm glad I get to go first here. I'm going with Josh Norris. I mean, okay. this guy, he's now on a one, two, three, six. four, five, six, seven. Seven. Game You're point right. streak now. Right. And, he just, he just does so many good things, like just being able to quickly pick up that broken play and send it on net. Five shots on goal, four hits, 64% in the faceoff dot, Ross, and a season high and um, high for forwards on the sense ice time in 22-19. So another amazing night for Josh Norris, who really had to pick up slack with Timmy sitting in the in the, the stands there. So I, I love Josh Norris's game and... He continues to rack up the points here. Like Dorian's got to be stressing out, and uh, I'll say it. I'll say it again. I think there is a big chance that Josh Norris hits fifty goals in his career. Yay to that! We will discuss the other. Whoa, way forget yay, way out of touch take that also entered that segment. But that's a story for tomorrow's Locked On Senators. Are we? Can we go around the horn twice here? I'll allow it. I'm going to go first then with Brady Kachuk. Not only yes. does he stand up for himself, we know that he's, he's he's injured. He shouldn't be fighting right now. 
but somebody dropped the gloves with him and he wasn't about to turtle. He was going to do what he could. And I thought he held his own. Obviously we were used to him dominating fights. I'd say that one was pretty even. Uh, he didn't allow himself to get beat up, but really wasn't able to throw them too. But of course he extends his point streak. He gets three hits, three shots, and he's just such a menace down low. He's able to take or take hits and keep control of the puck. And, of course, as that continues to grow, he's just going to become more and more valuable. People act like he's already peaked outside of Ottawa. Like, oh, look at this guy. He's he's a 40-point guy. Yeah. That was the thing. Well, now he's 53-point guy, and he's still 22 years old. So I love Brady's game tonight. I thought he led the charges as the captain of this team, and uh, I think he deserves first shout-out tonight. Only plus player, only plus two player uh, for the Sens tonight. Although, as we always have to put the uh, – the asterisk that plus minus is a flawed statistic. Well, Ross, I'll round out the first line and get the other player that was above uh, plus zero uh, for the Sens forwards. And that's Matthew Joseph, the other goal scorer as well. Four shots on goal. He had a hit almost 19 minutes of ice time. And I thought Mark Mathot did a really good job highlighting how effective Joseph is in his intermission report. I think it was the first intermission and just his ability to read the ice, his ability to complement skilled players like Norris, like Brady, like now that you, and we mentioned the Corsi, Corsi four for that line was 20 Corsi against was eight. Like it's amazing how they dominate. And it's, this is such a game changer for this franchise because now you've got a top line of Kachuk, Norris, Joseph, and then you can get... Is he the top six four? They still need one this offseason, though, right? And then you get Giroux, <laughs> Stutzla, and Batherson. Look at that top six. I mean, whew. Yeah, it really is. I'm tempted to make Ridley Gregg my Sense Central standout because my eyes popped. He did stand out, yeah. When I saw him. <laughs> uh, before I give you my final one, Sugar Ray Emery asking... Who makes more money this offseason? A pair of RFAs, Mathieu Joseph or Alex Formantit? That is such a good question. Sugar Ray Emery, stick taps to you because I don't know. Like, But for me, I think it's recency bias and he never has like hot streaks. He just kind of like blips here and there. But he's still got 15 goals. Like if if he's able to get close to 20, like there's some good negotiating power and he kills penalty. Like for me, finally got some opportunity on the power play. Like he doesn't get power play time. So, but in saying that devil's advocate, he's been playing second line uh, wing for quite a while here. So it's not like he doesn't get his opportunities, but I'm, I'm leaning towards Joseph makes more money, but they give Foreman's in more term. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. Joseph is what? One year older than, than Foreman. That sounds about right. I think two years, actually. Formanton's 22, and Joseph is 25. Um, just turned oh, wow. 25, though. So he's a 97 birth year, and Formanton is 99. So two years younger than uh, Joseph. And if I'm Matthew Joseph, I make sure I wear my Stanley Cup ring to the negotiating table. Rings. I know. Yeah. Rings. I you got the ring, you wear I, it. You yeah, wear it. At the negotiating right, right. table, just two two rings on your fingers, you got it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I also think Joseph understands the opportunity that he has here yes. as well. Yeah. So I think for him, maybe he's like, okay, do I – I mean, depends what kind of money's on the table. I'm curious as well because does the team want to go four or five years with him right off the way? 
I don't think he does that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If he's like, oh, I'm, I've got great opportunity here. I can up my value even more in a couple of years. Yeah. Whereas I think for me, we'll go for two or three year deal and, and, and get some term in there. Whereas Joseph, I think he, he's at a point where, yeah, he doesn't want to have the sense buy all those UFA seasons. Right. Yeah. Interesting. That's a great question though, Sugar Ray. They're obviously similar players. I think as of right now, uh, Joseph's the better player. Uh, I mean, he's 10 points in his last four games. So who am I to, to even question and He's got that. age and experience on for me too. Exactly. You gotta put that into account. Exactly. So I do think that we have to look at that. Let me know in the comments, everyone. I want to hear what you think. A lot of people saying Joseph 3.5. Um, Chesty's saying that uh, for me 2.5, 2.75. Joseph, yeah. like if Joseph would take the Nick Paul deal, you give that to him, right? He doesn't take that. No, no chance. All right, I don't think so. After, after, if Nick Paul wouldn't accept that, and you start comparing points and thinking about uh contract negotiation leverage, Joseph ain't accepting that. Interesting, interesting. All right, well, time will tell for that one. My final send central standout tonight. I'm going to go in goal because he still made 31 saves, Anton Forsberg, and I thought he held them in there uh, throughout the first half of the third period uh, when it was still tied at one, when Ottawa took the lead, made it 2-1, and I don't blame him for any of the goals tonight. Do you? No, I I don't have too much blame for Forsberg here. Like I I thought he played a good game. It's just... It's tough when you look across the ice and Soros is is doing that. So I, I don't blame Forsberg here, and it's yet another good game from him. He gave you have to admit, once again, he gave his team a chance to win here, right? Like Nashville doesn't score till later on in the game. They're down two players. He got AHL call-ups that are just got up that game. One of them is an NHL debut. Chris Tierney cracked the lineup. I mean, say no more, right? So the odds were against them, and uh, Forzy gives them a chance. You'll so the so the Ottawa Senators fall three two to the Nashville Predators in game number seventy on the season. So there's twelve games left right now. The Senators are in twenty seventh position in the National Hockey League. Do you believe the time is nigh to start tank watch? I thought we said we were gonna wait till ten games left. I, I like that. So did we say that? Yeah, yeah, we did. All right, so we're gonna wait till ten games left. Uh, some people in the comments though are asking for the standings, and I've got them right here. Of course, there are still games ongoing, so this could change by morning. But the Auto Senators right now twenty seventh, but there's a four point gap below them to New Jersey and. That bottom three is pretty well set. So I'm of the mind you just try to win as many games as you can, but it's almost time to start looking around the league and following the other scores. Well, and they play Philly and New Jersey and Montreal coming up yep. here. So those would be interesting tankathon games for sure. They can't lose the game on April 23rd, though. Must win. Must win. Must win game <laughs> and a must follow show. So go shoot us a note at Send Central on Twitter, locked on dot senators on Instagram. Yeah, Chesty, me neither, man. I don't want to think about the season ending either, especially when you look up in the press box and see all the talent. So we have to hope that some of that talent, Jake Sanderson, maybe Ridley Gregg, can play some games with Belleville down the stretch after Brandon's season 
ends the week, Kings, I should say. Pills, your season's still going strong here on Locked On Senators. But we should say goodbye for tonight. We do have Locked On Senators coming. We're recording right after this. So uh, we got to be able to get to that. And then uh, we'll get that out to you bright and early. So an early drop of Locked On Senators tomorrow morning. Will, we'll get into that question when in time. He asks who we would choose between Slavkovsky, Nemec, and Kemmel. Yeah, I'm not there yet. We're not there yet. We're just enjoying the young talent that the Senators have right now. A three-game win streak was fun. Four, they're pushing their luck. We're still waiting on the 2017 reboot where they won six games in a row. So hit a go, Sens, go. Let's get the, uh, the chat comments there going here to finish strong. Really appreciate you. George, no whiskey tonight, pal, but we'll have it soon enough. Hope everyone enjoyed this edition of the postcast following a 3-2 loss to the Nashville Predators on home ice in a game where the Ottawa Senators welcome back Mark Borowiecki. Have a great night, everyone. We'll chat with you tomorrow. This has been the Locked On Senators postcast, your team every day.